Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Sunday, July 12th edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin. I'm joined by a really good friend of mine and an MMA journalist, Steve Jeffrey from The Hammer MMA, guy I've known a long time in the business. Steve, I remember we were sitting together at Diaz versus GSP. I sat beside you for that fight. Uh, that was a really good night. But yeah, I, I go way back with Steve. Got him on tonight to talk about UFC 251 from last night. Uh, long card, longest card in UFC history. We'll talk about that, but good performances. I just want to talk a little bit about you first, Steve, because I'm not sure how many people are too familiar with you, but um, can you just you know tell people a little bit more about your background in the sport? And also, you were a UFC rankings panelist for a while. Maybe talk about that as well. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, we go back. Uh, actually, Adam, you and I, we go back a lot further than uh, the GSP versus DS fight. Uh, we were covering Ontario MMA events when they started, like the the, the very beginning, man. Dude, the series, man. I used to, I was there with you, a few of those. Knockout the Reckoning. So there was a yeah. few, man. Yeah, I know. The very, the very the hammer. <laughs> Slammer in the Hammer, dude. That was a, that was an old one. Francis Carmont and all those guys. All Slammer in the Hammer and Hamilton, the score fighting series. And we yeah. made the Reckoning, uh, which happened just before the GSP versus Shields card. So it was actually technically the very first Ontario on the card. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's actually where we met. We were covering those. Yep. Um, I've just done a local radio show and podcast for MMA for about the last uh, 10 years, actually. We just passed episode 500 weekly episodes. We're on episode 507 right now. Um, I don't think I'm that well-known in the MMA sphere. I uh, sort of keep a low profile. It's not my, my full-time gig or anything. It's yeah, uh, yeah. just something I sort of do because um, I can and because I enjoy it. And um, I love uh, talking about fights and covering events. Like, yeah. you know, we've, we've done that so long. It's... Uh, it's great. It's a really good way to get uh, more insight into the sport. Yeah, um, yeah you mentioned uh, you mentioned being an MMA rankings panelist. Uh, I was oh, a man. <laughs> former, yeah, uh, former UFC rankings panelist. I gotta say former because you were doing it for a while, Steve. You're one of the OGs, I believe of it. And uh, I know that after that Reddit article came out, and it was kind of some not you, Steve, because I know that you really do care about. It. You'll talk about that, but some of the other rankings panelists were kind of exposed for their inexperience, but. Uh, yeah, talk about that, man, the whole experience. Yeah, um, so I wasn't uh, doing the rankings from the very beginning. Uh, there was like an initial run of people. It was like 60 or 70. I can't remember the exact number, but uh, a bunch of people dropped out almost immediately, like after like a week or two. And then um, I was asked to jump in at that point and sort of fill in the numbers. And I did it from, yeah, from 2013 until uh, late 2019. Yeah. So uh, until it was down to about 12 people doing it. And I um, yeah. I mean, it's been controversial. I guess I uh, I kind of enjoyed yeah. doing it. Uh, I thought I was good at it. That's the thing. I, yeah. I I put a lot. I put some some real thought into it. And I thought I did a pretty good job of it. But uh, yeah, in the end, it's just there's so much, just so much flack and politics and drama around the whole thing that I just. I don't know. In the end, I was just like, look, man. Every time I log on Twitter, it just makes me angry. So I just stopped doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been one of the people who've been critical about the rankings for the years, man, since the beginning, because for me, Steve, it's such a conflict of interest, man, as a journalist. I know it's a little different for you, though. I will say that because uh, you have a job outside of MMA. This is more of like a hobby for you, if we're being fair here. I mean, you are a legitimate journalist, Steve, but it's not your full-time gig. So I think maybe for you, the conflict of interest wasn't as much as some other people that work full-time in this business and they're directly affecting guys careers with the rankings and they're, they're directly affecting the matchmaking and that directly affects the fighters' pockets and to me that's always been a major conflict of interest and well, the question is what do you do to fix the rankings i've always said 
Just get Sean Shelby and Mick Maynard to give their real rankings, the actual UFC rankings, the real ones. Why does this have to be a third party doing this? There's too much drama, too much controversy. There's too many bad voters, man. I know they have cleaned it up recently. They added some guys and stuff. That's good. Glad to hear that. But still too many guys that honestly aren't really uh, important people in the business that are, and they're affecting the guys' careers too much. There are people, there are people on that panel in that Reddit article. Stephen, you read, you saw, you read it. There was a couple oh, yeah. that their websites weren't even active. You couldn't find any information about these guys except for like a, a weird little like bizarre LinkedIn profile. That was it. You couldn't even find like a website or a Twitter. So I can see yeah. much controversy. Go ahead, man. Talk. Oh yeah, um, yeah. It's yeah. There were people there that definitely didn't. Um, that definitely weren't still in the MMA space. Uh, people who definitely didn't seem to follow it very closely. There was that one infamous one where like William Macario was someone's number nine ranked welterweight for like a year or something. It's like what? When was that correct? You yeah. know. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, that's interesting. The thing about if um, like Sean Shelby and uh, Mick Maynard could just put it together, it would be criticized too. It's just you take out some of the conflict of interest and stuff. Yeah. I actually thought I'm actually I'm actually a pretty big supporter of the system itself. It's just with I think it works. But what you need you need fifty or a hundred of the best minds in MMA media to do it, yeah. and the whole thing will come out in the wash. It's just. People think it's a conflict of interest. There's all the different reasons not to do it. Some people, I've talked to some guys in the media who are just like, look, I just don't want to be criticized for mine. It's like, okay, well, hey, that's cool. You like, you know, you sort of put yourself out there. Um, I think the perfect system is you get a lot of people to a lot of good minds to do it. And whatever you get, you get. And one bad person isn't going to affect it if there's 100 people. One bad person affects it when there was 12 people. Like, that was a mess. Yeah, but you know, and I and I get it, but and it kind of it kind of got me like you know, fighters would complain about oh I'm, you know, why aren't I number fifteen or whatever? Like, I get where they're coming from, but they're not impartial either. Everyone thinks they should be ranked. Yeah, that's a great point. Right? So, that's actually a great. Know, point. No one ever thinks about that side of it. That's a great no, point. And, you guys like and, was complaining and like deservedly complaining, on my opinion. But you know, there's other guys that, that aren't ranked at featherweight. They're, think they should be number 15 not him you know so and, and i was saying that he shouldn't be or if i wouldn't have if i was still doing it but um but yeah well what kind of got me and there's many things that sort of got me from it is uh, a fighter would tweet that oh hey how come i went down in the rankings and everyone was like yeah why without stopping to think maybe it's correct <laughs> right yeah. you know like it's really easy to side with fighters and you know obviously they're the ones in the cage and they're the ones that are doing it but i don't know in the end it was just like a no-win proposition to do it no matter how hard i tried to do it and how well i thought that i did it yeah in the in the end there was just it was it was just it's not worth it like so right right yeah i mean you're not getting paid to do it and it's you know obviously something it's time consuming also it sounds like it was kind of stressful i know that you actually have a newborn daughter daughter a, new, a newborn, newborn son, actually. Oh, I'm sorry, Steve. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> My bad. I haven't uh, seen the kid yet, but hopefully one that's day. Okay. Um, uh, but yeah, that's obviously keeping you busy, right? So that's another. I'm sure that's another reason why you're like, you know what? Maybe this isn't really for me. But was it just really comes? No, it doesn't even affect you, eh? What did it come down to then? Why'd you quit, man? What was the reason? Um, okay, so um, I'm not going to get too deep into it. I'm an analyst sure. outside of MMA, and I guess I'm an analyst inside MMA. I, I didn't. I never liked using the word journalist because, I mean, other than like the odd accidental story that I've broken over the last ten years, like I'm not a journalist. Sure. I, I'm not. I, you know, I cover fights. I interview guys. I, I just love talking about fights. You know, so journalists never really worked. But in in the end, I thought that I put together like a pretty good 
I, I can handle ranking the top 15 guys in each division without too much of an issue. I thought I did pretty well with it. But uh, yeah, in the end, just people blowing up my email, blowing up my Twitter. Why is this? Not just uh, uh, fighters, but fans, um, other MMA media people. I just felt it was too much of a distraction. I'm spending too much of my time trying to explain why I did something. And then everyone's complaining. And then there's the conflict of interest stuff and all that. And it was just, it, it, was, this, it was this perfect storm combination where just one day where I was like, hey, like, this, this is an interesting sort of experiment to do, but I don't need to do this. So. Totally fair, man. I'm glad that you actually got to talk about that with me. And there's been some more controversy lately. I don't know if you saw that uh, thing about Kirk Jenis from the underground. He's been, he sends emails, I guess, of rankings. Briefs. Oh, I got them since 2014. Oh yeah. Totally. yeah, yeah. No one knew that though. I don't think like, I didn't know that I cover the sports Steve, every day. I didn't know that most journalists didn't know that when this came out last two weeks ago, it was a big story. I, I showed a few um, journalists people just and surprised maybe I never did like just over beers and stuff it's come up like I've shown it to a couple of people and stuff it's just it's something where I never used like because right I, and this and this is the thing like if I don't need you to yeah. tell me I, I've been covering MMA for a long time I don't need you to tell me how good Shane Burgos is I already know yeah <laughs> right? right you know with a win or with a loss so. Yeah. Um, I, I, to me, I always, uh, to me, I, I would get them and be like, all right, there's some people here who do not follow this closely enough and that's not good, but maybe this will help them put some context towards this. Um, to me, it was just always, and this is a point that I didn't really see come up too, too often when those briefs came out and it would say, oh, well, right now he's number nine. If he loses, drop him to number 13. Well, I had him at number seven, so none of this makes any sense anyway. Yeah. yeah. You know, no, so. I read the one with both uh, Emmett and Burgos. It's interesting, at least, but kind of controversial, man. And I don't know. I'm sure I'm sure he'll send, still send them out. And Kirk's a guy who's been around the business like way longer than us, man. He's like a pioneer of the sport. He even fought. Oh, yeah. He's been around for 20, 20 plus years. Yeah. And, and, and I will say this. I mean, like, you know, obviously I had some issues with the system and stuff, but um, – I never felt a conflict of interest or pressured by the UFC to do anything. Uh, the guys who send the emails, the guys from um, like that used to be the fight metric guys. And then yeah. I guess it was the death mobile guys. The, everything was totally on the up and up, you know, it's do rank, whatever you want to rank, do whatever you want to do. Here's some context. If you need it, um, it's, it's a tough job aggregating all of that stuff. Like there was nothing fishy going on, even though I can understand why people could think that could be a possibility. Right. I mean, it's not my problem anymore. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, it's not. You're, like you said, you're doing other stuff now. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to hear your side of that, man. So that's really interesting, Steve. No, I appreciate your insight into the rankings and you know why you did it and why you ultimately left the game. But let's talk about UFC 251, man, because this happened last night. I think on paper, it was probably the best card of the year, if not one of the best cards maybe they've ever put together, especially like an uh, interna international card. Uh, there are a lot of really good fighters from outside the North America's there, so great card on paper. Did it play out that way? I don't know. I think it was a good card. I don't think it was a great card. I think it was too long, obviously. It was the longest card in UFC history, over eight hours. However, however, it was like three hours and seven minutes of cage time, so there was five hours of commercials and stuff and other stuff, obviously, going on. But too much of the UFC EA commercial. I, I don't know. What do you think, man? I think it was too long, honestly. It was too long, and actually, I mean, I – we just discussed it new, new, newborn baby i yeah. missed the first three or four fights oh that's it still felt like actually it still felt, 
Yeah, you fit some of the good ones. With three title yeah. fights, we always always are like, oh, three title fights. That's amazing. It's great. It is great, but I feel like when you're watching an eight, it literally was an eight-hour card. You put you're basically putting a full shift in work. I don't know if that's good. I don't know. I think it's maybe too long, you know. And what's the what's the suggestion that maybe not do three title fights? I mean, obviously, yeah. Something that, you- that's my suggestion. I remember yeah. Strikeforce did that, and that was a disaster. Um, I, I'm watching this with my family. I'm watching the fights, and they're into it. One title fight's down. Uh, the the uh, the bantamweight title fight, and they're like. All right, well, that's enough. This feels like the longest night of my life, and yeah, they checked out. Yeah, I look. Listen, don't get me wrong. I'm so happy that we had the straight. It was it was a good card. I would give it seven out of ten. I don't think it was like an elite. I don't think it was. I think the Poirier card from two weeks ago was a better card overall, honestly. Even though the names weren't as great, but for me, it's probably a seven out of ten. That's not bad. It's not a bad card. It didn't live up to the hype because let's be honest, Steve. The main event didn't live up to the hype. You know, no. Am I no, surprised yeah. Usman had a wrestling-heavy game plan, clinch-heavy game plan? No, he fought smart. He fought. That's a smart game plan. He did the right thing. He took the final one week's notice, too. Completely different opponent than the guy who's supposed to fight and go over to is a very like well-rounded guy. Might as well, we all know that he's a striker, first and foremost. He does have a ground. I think he showed this fight. He has some wrestling, but Usman essentially dominated the fight with the wrestling. I don't have a problem with what Usman did. It's like GSP. It really is. Bread and butter. That could be very similar. Having said that, you can't ignore what people were saying on social media. Everyone's calling him a boring fighter now. I don't want to watch Usman in the main event. He's too boring. I don't necessarily agree with that. How, having said that, there's a lot of casual fans that tune in for that fight. If you're a casual fan, you would not enjoy that fight, Steve. Not at all. And we heard the same thing from uh, his predecessor, Tyra Woodley. These fights like Woodley versus Damian Maya, people hated it. Um, Woodley versus Stephen Thompson, at least one time, people hated it. Um, the Khabib fights aren't always great. Sometimes, sometimes greatness is not exciting, and that you know that's going to be why a lot of people may not buy a Kamaru Usman fight that doesn't have um, Jorge Masvidal on it. But he did exactly what you said. It he did exactly what we thought he was going to do. He was going to do that whether he was fighting um, Masvidal on six days' notice or six months' notice. He was going to fight the exact same fight, and he's probably going to win that fight, in my opinion. Uh, but that's what you're going to get with him. And you know, if where where the only where that will bite him is that he won't get paid for lots of money for pay-per-views because lots of people will buy his fights. That's that's the trade-off. And with the exception of GSP, that's how it happens with um, controlling dominating wrestlers and maybe Khabib I guess Khabib's a draw now is that what we decided yeah I agree yeah I don't know like I think this card did really well for the UFC I'm sure it sold at least a million buys because I had like casual fans or friends of mine text me and say hey I'm going to order the pay-per-view or hey do you have a link for it and you know that's that's fine as long as people are watching it, I think it's a good thing for the sport in general you know if I they, heard um, Dave, Dave, Meltzer, Dave Meltzer mentioned that the uh, the Google metrics and this is me two million the Google metrics were like the 700,000 buy card, like the equivalent of like your average John Jones card, which well, I think, oh, me personally, Kamaru Usman versus Jorge Masvidal, this is the biggest buy rate either of those guys have ever drawn. Like, that's a success to me. Huge. Huge, in my opinion. But again, I don't think the fight lived up to the hype. And of course, you know, oh. Masvidal took the fight in six days' notice. I stupidly picked him, Steve. I really believed in him, man. I'm not going to lie. I still believe in him, but obviously... Oh, you did? Oh, yeah, how bad. did I miss that? How did I miss you picking him? I don't know. What a terrible pick, on huh? It didn't work out too well. It is what it is. I think I was drawn... I would have tried to talk you out of it. I wasn't like, oh, it's all... Dude, I wasn't like super confident by any means, but underdogs do win. Not on this card. Not many underdogs won on this one. Mostly favorites won. There was a few that probably should have won. We'll talk about those fights that had some really yeah. controversial decisions, but uh, 
Yeah, I mean, Usman did what he had to do, man. I, I, I keep doubting this guy. I don't know why. Like, the last two fights. I did pick him against Woodley, but I, I didn't pick him against Colby in this fight. I, I, I see holes in his game in the feet. I, I think someone could finish him. Like, a guy like, I don't know. I, Burns, I think, is an interesting matchup. We should talk about what's next for these guys. Burns is probably going to get the next fight. We'll see. It's not guaranteed. I mean, there's still a chance. Usman won't be. It's not like I think that's going to happen, but I think probably it's going to be Burns. But you have Leon Edwards right now. He's out there. He wants a title shot. I'm guessing it's going to be Burns, though. What do you think? It's it's got to be Burns as long as Burns is healthy and he can take the fight. He he earned this. I I to me he earned this fight more than Masvidal earned this fight from a from a resume perspective. It would be a it would be an absolute shame if Gilbert Burns doesn't get his shot. Yeah, that's the thing. Like Masvidal's wins were really flashy and great, but the wins that Burns has had are like higher ranked guys. Like Maya was, I think five probably like between five and yeah. ten. And I, I got a bit of flack for it this week for saying that um, that Till. Diaz and uh, who's in Askren wasn't yeah. really. If it was anyone else, we probably wouldn't be talking title shot. I still the Till win was really surprising, and that was a good win. Askren was undefeated, like basically undefeated, right? Wasn't he? yeah, he was undefeated at that point. He had the one no contest, but that was a nice win. Diaz uh, he was expected to win that fight. He got the job done. Kind of controversial too, but I don't. know. I guess I was drawn to the flash. It is what it is, man. You know, like uh, you can't get every pick, but yeah. I mean, looking back, obviously I should have taken this win like everyone else was. I just thought Basel would be a little bit more competitive. To, to me, it was clear that he wasn't in shape for the fight. You know, there's a lot of talk out there from like his uh, coaches and training partners saying that, hey, this guy's been training hard and he'll be in shape. He had like one round of gas, man. He essentially hung, held on for the last five rounds. I think Usman could have finished up. Basel is just extremely tough. You know, he's been finished, one, I believe, once in his career. Uh, oh, yeah. twice. Once the Bellator, as we all with the inverted triangle, and then once in um, Sengoku against Wabrigo Dam, which was a flash knockdown. It was an early stoppage. That's it. He's never been hurt otherwise. He's an extremely durable guy. So the fact he went five rounds with Usman is impressive. Colby, Colby Cummings didn't survive the full five rounds. So even though I think that stoppage was early, but you know, I think we're, I think Us, uh, Usman did great, but I think Masvidal also did well. But I, I just expect a little bit more in the feed from him, especially when he had gas. I do think at times he did catch Usman some nice shots, though. So if Usman fights a guy like an example is Stephen Thompson. Stephen Thompson has really good takedown defense. If Stephen Thompson mm-hmm. keep the distance, keep the fight in the feed. He could be an interesting matchup for Usman. He wants a shot. I don't think he gets it. I think you'll probably they probably end up giving it to Burns. Then you can do Leon Edwards for Stephen Thompson, or for sure. or obviously you also have Colby Covington in there. But I think I think you do Covington uh, versus Woodley because I still think there's heat between those two guys. They're coming off losses, so we'll see how this division shakes out. I mean, it's still a great division. Maslow probably takes a little bit of time off right now after this fight. If I had to guess, he got paid well. I'm glad he got paid, but. You know, that's a trade-off, uh, Steve. He took a huge payday for this fight, but he took the fight six days notice, and you knew going in that, hey, I probably won't have the full thing. I just think well, he- what's that? Well, what's that old, that old like, pro wrestling saying? It's like the only thing real is the money and the miles or whatever, and, you know, if you're not going to get paid, like, you can't turn down a chance to get paid. Yeah. That's no. what all, th- th- this was it. He, if he got, he got a piece of that pay-per-view by the sounds of it, it sounds like it did pretty well. That's all that matters for him. In the end, at the end of the day, the, like, no one's people criticizing his performance or whatever happens there he needed a big payday he's been doing this a long time i've been watching him lose split decisions he should have won for a decade like you know i know i know he he needed he needed to do this or whatever what 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 i was wondering though and i i started i threw this out there on twitter and i'm not on twitter often but i threw this out on twitter uh yesterday is so he's the bmf champion what a great gimmick the mind explodes with possibilities and stuff, but yeah, now we just lost. 
And now he's got to drag out this BMF belt out of mothballs and try and sell himself as the baddest guy around and sell these fights. Like it almost feels like this lame duck belt now. It's almost, am I wrong to think it's almost embarrassing for like, it'd be better for him to just not, to just not bring that thing out anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Am I I wrong? Am I, am I thinking too much or too much or not enough about it? No, I don't know what's next for him. Honestly, like he's 35. He just had the biggest pain of his career. He could retire right now, probably if he wanted to. It's up to him. I think he'll still keep fighting. I'm not saying he should retire by any means. Just saying he could. He's taking the the, the Diaz uh, track where you know it's you know every once in a while it makes some money. See, I think the Diaz fight is still a fight they could do again. They can run that fight back. The stoppage was very controversial. I thought it was really. I don't think that doctor should have stopped that fight personally. I'm not saying the result would change by any means, but that's a fight you can run back. I still feel like the Conor McGregor fight is potentially there at some point too. Totally. I think, I, I think, I think if, he fight, if he won this fight, I think he should have called O'Connor for sure. Because mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think I, had Masvidal won this fight, he he would have been set up for like the biggest fight ever in MMA against. They, just say he did knock out he would have been set up, but he lost. So now it's like, what do you do with him? He's still the BMF, I guess, but the BMF just lost. Is he really a BMF? I don't know. So maybe you just do a rematch for that belt with Diaz and then retire the belt for good. You know, I, I, I that that's my I love it. That's that's my thing, and that's that's going to be a ceiling. And, and Diaz will help him draw again, too, because people, it's weird. No matter how many times Diaz gets, like, em, uh, embarrassed isn't the right word, but the, how many times Diaz just gets beaten or doesn't quite get it done or whatever, people don't care. People still want to see Diaz fight. If Masvidal wants to stick around, he needs that He needs that exact same career. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Anyways, let's get to the next fight because we have a lot of fights to talk about still, Steve. Um, All right. Volkanovski Holloway 2. Interesting fight. I thought it was more entertaining than the first fight. I don't think it was a great fight. These guys stylistically don't really match up for like a really super entertaining fight. It was it's more of a chess match in my opinion. Not saying it was a bad fight. It was an okay fight. More better than the first one. I was actually at the first one, Steve. That card was also three title fights. It went along. It was a long one too. Um, that fight I think was way more in favor of Volkanovski. He won the split decision here, but I didn't agree with the decision, man. I thought Max Holloway won this fight. I believe he won the first three rounds of the fight. It was a close fight. I think, Ma- I think that Max won the fight. What do you think? I went the other way. I mean, not strongly. But okay. I, gave, I gave Volkanovski three, four, and five. I, yeah. I mean, three was, like, by a hair. You know, and I'm not going to say – I'm not going to disagree with anyone who gave Holloway the third. Um, I think it's very, it's very tough to see that when – like, to think – to. To not give it to to Max Holloway when he won the first two rounds so well, like so, like so, so clearly, that you're you're almost like it's 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 hard to reconcile even giving the third round a close third round to Volkanovski, but I I just did. Yeah, in my opinion, it did come down to the third round, but I I don't know. I just I thought Max edged it out. I think it was close. Mm-hmm. What but, about a draw third round? Like, what? How how is that not the thing? Ten ten rounds are like unicorns. We both know that. I think that they can be used sometimes, but I, I also think that if you're a judge, your job is to judge around 10-9 either way. So I, I'm not a huge fan of 10-10s, personally. Mm-hmm. Once in a while, sure. I've given them up myself like very rarely. There's been a few times. That was more like when I first started watching MMA. But now that I've been watching for so long, it's like I, I, I think I can pick a winner you know, if I have to. Obviously, it was a close fight, though. I, I'm not surprised Volkanovski won. At all, he is a great. I picked him to win this fight. I, I thought he would win the fight because he won the first fight in such a dominant. Fight. This was much more competitive, as we all know. I think you oh. agree with that. Like way more competitive. Oh, yeah. Max looked better. You know the thing about Max is 
he he did kind of get tired in the last few rounds, which was weird because he's usually a guy that goes really hard in those full five. But you know, Steve, this is a guy who had, I think he had like a thirteen fight win streak at one point, if I'm not mistaken, after that Ortega, yeah. and he was uh, in the pound for pound top ten, um, and also obviously the champion of the featherweight. He moved up to one fifty five to fight Poirier. That fight hurt his career, in my opinion. He took oh, yeah. a lot of damage in that fight, Steve. And since then, it's not been the same guy. He did beat Frankie. That was a quality win. Having said that, that's an older Frankie Edgar. That's a Frankie Edgar that is not the top of his game anymore. And and honestly, that's the guy he should have finished. You saw what Korean Zombie did to him, and Holloway couldn't put him away. Since then, he's lost two straight fights to Volkanovski. So it's crazy enough. Like, all of a sudden, he was like 13 fight win streak. Now he's lost three of his last four. It's crazy how fast this game changes, man. You know? So... Yeah. The worst take their goal, too. Um, I mean, even the Ortega fight, you know, he dominated Ortega, but, you know, there were still a lot of shots eaten in there. The Aldo fights, um, I covered one of them, like uh, Cage Side, the second yeah. one. Uh, he, Aldo gave as good as he got for at least a couple of rounds in there. Like, he, Holloway has been in so many wars, so many wars he's won, but so many wars that, and I mean, n- no wonder he's starting to show the miles. Yeah. And he's, he's still young on paper, 28, but mm-hmm. he's been in the UFC since 2012. Uh, actually, That's amazing. 2012. So he's been in there since he was like 20 years old. It's pretty early, man. It's a, it's a young yeah. age. He's taken a lot of work and been in there with a lot. Of, like you look at, uh, in my opinion, he's a surefire Hall of Famer when he's all said done, like 100. percent You because you look at his resume, Steve. Like look at these names, man: Pettis, Aldo, Twice, Lamas, Oliveira. Uh, he obviously lost uh, against um, what's his name. Conor McGregor, but that was really early in his career. And you know what? He actually did okay in that fight. You know, looking back, he forced uh, Conor to wrestle, though Conor, I think, hurt his knee in that fight, if I'm not mistaken. But, you know, this guy's been in there and, and did a lot in, in yep. his career. Uh, by the way, Wikipedia, man, was, someone hijacked his page and it says he's won the last two fights of Volkanovski. So someone did that. He lost those fights, unfortunately. I thought he won the second one, but uh, the two of the three judges didn't. So, anyways, yeah, what's for next for these guys? Korean zombies calling out. Volkanovski and I says he is a shameful champion. He wants to smash his face. Finisher, and I think that'd be a great fight. Having said that, I mean, he's supposed to fight Brian Ortega. And the fight's not official. I don't think it's been said. There's still a fight with Zabit Magomed Sharapov and Yair Rodriguez, which happens next month. That's going to be a great fight. I think the yep. beat if he wins, should probably be next. But, you know, as much as I like the zombie and I love the zombie, Yair knocked him out in, like, the best fight maybe of all time in the fifth round of the last second. So yep. why should he... He skipped ahead of him, right? So, what do you think next for Volkanovski? Who do you think is going to fight next? Okay, so I mean, to me, there's four contenders. There's Korean Zombie. There's, as you said, Yair Rodriguez and Magomed Sharapov. And, and then there's, and then Cater if Cater wins. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. On Wednesday, and right? Joel so, right there too, man. He's hurt though, so. Oh yeah, oh yeah, right. So, but oh, but realistically, at the moment, I guess those four. So sure. one guy's got to give one guy's got to give Volkanovski. I, I agree with you. I don't think the Ortega zombie fight is the right move. I say you just pull the trigger on zombie and head and do zombie versus Volkanovski first, yeah. and then um, and then you've got uh, what you would call it, uh, Rodriguez and Sharapov can fight for next, and then assuming Calvin Cater beats Danny Gay, then Cater gets um, uh, Max Holloway, and you try and rehab Holloway. Yeah. Yeah, I like it too. That, 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 that's my matchup, but you know, it doesn't always work out that way. Uh, another fight I'd love to see. Don't know if it happens, but man, this would be fun. When Edson Barboza against Max Holloway. Like, can oh, you that fight? How sick would that fight be? 
Oh, it would be an, it'd be an amazing fight to watch. It's yeah. just, it's, they're, they're just, they're, they're so far apart. I always bring it back to the rankings. They're just, they're so Dude, far I, apart. I have to joke that Edson should be, he was top five at lightweight. He should be in the top 15. A lot of us thought he beat Danny Ige. Yeah. I didn't think he I did. Know. It's just crazy to a guy like Arnold Allen, who really doesn't have any quality wins. He's a really good fighter, but he has no quality wins. I think, you know, Barboza should be ranked above him. There's some good fighters in that top 15. There's some guys with questionable like, wins. Like, Sadiq mm -hmm. has some okay wins. But his biggest win is Andre Feely. Like, he's a guy that Barboza should probably be – Barboza should probably be ahead of him right now. Like, to me, yeah. like, even Ryan Hall. Ryan Hall still good, but who has better wins? You know, and again, I, I know he lost the last fight, so I can see why he's not ranked. But, anyways, I think for a fan's point of view, that fight would be amazing. I don't know if it happens because of the rankings. Um, yeah, I mean, Holloway's probably going to take some time off. I guess. He's been fighting so much the last few years. So, I think he had four fights in 12 months. Then he took six months off, obviously, before this fight. I think he'll take a little bit of a break, though. You know, he took a lot of damage in this fight. Uh, not a lot, but uh, enough. I mean, he went five rounds again. He's a guy who's been going five rounds. Uh, Steve, his last four fights have gone five rounds. Yeah. So take a fight. Actually, yeah. Your, your, your idea is the best. He, he should take the time off. I, it, I think you're right. Take the time off. Yeah, he's got a young family, you know, just with everything going on in the world. But, yeah, he's, he's an awesome guy. And also, uh, I saw him auctioning off his fight kit for charity, which is super cool. I love how these guys step up like him. Uh, Poirier. These guys are great guys, man. So it's, it's nice to see that. Anyways, let's get to the next fight here. Uh, Peter Yan against Jose Aldo. So I did pick Peter Yan. I'm sure you picked him, I'm guessing. No. Yeah. He's great. And I thought for a while now he's the best bandmate in the world. The Henry Cejudo fight would have been really interesting. I don't know if we'll see that. Maybe one day. Probably not, though, if I have to guess. Uh, Peter Yan is the king of this division now. And he looked incredible in this fight. It was a great fight, by the way. This, this could have been fight of the night. It was a really good fight. Uh, Aldo looked pretty good, I thought, especially beginning uh, the first two rounds. The second round, he won that round. He knocked um, knocked out Yanford with two different leg kicks at, at points. Also, yeah. which really working the body with that left hook to the body. Like Aldo had success in this fight, but that weight cut to 135 must be really tough. He really got tired in the fourth and fifth rounds. He gets finished in the fifth round by Yan. Yan mounted him, rained down, seemed like over 100 punches probably. Leon Roberts, the referee, I don't know what the hell he was thinking. Like, stop oh. God, way too, I gotta get your thoughts on stoppage. I, way too late, right? It was, I mean, like so excessive, man. It's always better to stop a fight early than late. Obviously, I, I understand wanting to give, um, wanting to give like a fighter, you know, especially like a former champion, like as much leeway and as much chance as possible. This was insane. Yeah. So so late. Yeah. Um, I, okay, maybe there wasn't that one shot, like that one killer shot that makes you stop the fight but he took 50 that were almost as good yeah stop. i it's not enjoyable to watch honestly like when it gets to that point no. it's just you know you want to just turn the tv off i'm sitting there yelling at the tv stop the fight stop the fight you know it's not fun to watch but yeah either way you know yan had an amazing performance and uh this sets him up for big fights now 135 we all think sterling's gonna be next but dana white says he's not sure now and there's rumblings out I there. Think I know why. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's already Sudo's already talking about the fight and stuff, and it's like, ah, oh, they're just going to do that. Like, dude, Cody Garbrandt seems like the guy they're going to step in and have for the belt. They love Cody Garbrandt. He's coming off in a, probably the best knockout of the year against yep. the So there's guys talking line, and Cody saying, you know, he wants a shot, and Aljo saying, I want it. And I don't know, man. I mean, this division, by the way, is incredible. I love the bandweight division. It is so awesome. And it's great to have Yan, I think, as a champ. I think he'll fight often. He's a young guy. He's 27. I think he'll be a guy that fights two or three times a year at least. So I've been nothing but impressed with Peter Yan. Um, you got to look at this division, though. Like, one guy that no one's talking about, because everyone's talking about Sterling. Sterling, great. 
Don't get me wrong. Sterling probably should get it because of the streak. Five-fight win streak and attached to Corey Sanhagen in very quick fashion. But the guy everyone's forgetting about is literally the number one ranked contender, Marlon Marais, who, by the way, was supposed to fight Peter Yan in June in Kazakhstan. The fight was canceled. He's still waiting for a fight. He's calling out Garber and he wants Cruz. He deserves a big fight. He did beat Jose Aldo. It was a close fight. He did narrowly edge out exploded vision in that fight. No one's talking about him because Dana White gave the and the UFC gave the title shot to Aldo instead. So everyone thinks that, you know, oh, it really wasn't that great of a win. But to me, he still won the fight on paper. And he also has a bunch of knock wins over guys like Sterling. Knocked him out with a crazy knee. He's a great fighter, man. He had a nice streak. He did lose to Cejudo. I don't think that's bad, bad of a loss. So I think Marlon Moraes is the guy that no one's talking about right now for some reason. Um, I think you're right. I think he's. I think he's the best choice, and it's amazing how yeah. how like history just gets like rewritten that way. It's like Aldo gets the title shot, everyone forgets about the guy that beat him. Like, you know, it's, no, it's, I, I agree. In, I mean, in a fair it, world, you know, it depends who they give the title shot to to kind of match the rest of the division. So if they give it to Sterling, like we think it probably should happen, then Marais could fight Garbrandt. I think that's a great fight. I think the winner that would be a very well deserving number contender. By the way, Garbrandt. I do like Garbrandt. He's a little overrated, man. He did get knocked out by Pedro Munoz last year. The knockout losses to TJ have some asterisks next to them because he was probably juicing, or not juicing, but EPO or whatever, using bad substances for those fights. So kind of an asterisk. But I feel like he's getting a pass right now. Like Pedro Munoz knocked him out and lost a close decision to Sterling. He's ranked number seven right now, and Garbrandt is ranked number four after one win after three losses. I don't know about that, Steve. I still don't know. Yeah. What were you saying? I don't know about that. Either. Yeah, I don't know. So, I don't know. I got the rankings going on, but I don't want to get too upset about the rankings right now. We should just talk about the good stuff here. But yeah, I think Marais, yeah. or I guess Garbrandt are fine. But yeah, just Marais is really not getting enough credit, I don't think, for what he did in that streak. And he did lose to Cejudo, but a lot of guys lost to Cejudo, man. Johnson, Cruz. Guy was great for however long he was making that run. Anyways, I, yeah. I actually really think like, if, if you have a vacant title, then optimally it really should be the number one and the number two guys that fight for it, no matter what yeah. their record is, you know? So it, it is a shame. I, I, I agree with you. And in this case, it was. It was number three against number uh, six. But I wasn't okay with the fight because I liked it on paper. It was a fan. And I thought that Yan probably should have got the title shot because to me, he really is the best guy right now. But we'll see. I mean, he's got some tough fights ahead of him. All right. Sav, Sav, what do you think uh, about the late red late stoppage in the Aldo fight? Yeah, we just talked about that. But basically – we both think it was extremely late. Uh, the judging and the refing in this car was not very good uh, overall. And, you know, the thing is, like, they always blame the commissions. I'm pretty sure the UFC is the one who was signing signed these judges and refs for the international events uh, in Abu Dhabi. So they got to take some blame. Dana White even said, he said, uh, we have to clean up their judging and refs. So I'm assuming they're going to go through and review them. These, like, Leon Roberts should not work the next car. No way. To me, like, after that fight, are you kidding me? You have to rep, like, okay. MMA refing is a really tough job. It's really tough. Like, it's split-to-second decisions that affect guys' careers and their livelihoods. But when it's something egregious like this, like, it just bothers me, man. Um, even that Glover fight with uh, Anthony Smith, that was really brutal to watch. Like, I don't think anyone enjoys, who, who really enjoys watching that. A defensive opponent game raining down punches on. It's messed up. Anyways, yeah, late stoppage for Alder. What's next for him? I mean, that's a good question. Uh, he could go back to 145. He can go to 155 if he wanted. He could stay 135. I think he's still a competitive fighter. He could retire. I doubt he will. He's, he's a fighter. For, he's going to be like he's going to be a guy like Shogun. He's going to be fighting until he's 40 years old. And he's going to be fighting oh. up-comers and stuff. He'll still win the occasional fight. I think he still beats a lot of guys in the top 10. So, you know, you look at the rankings. Alder right now is number six. If he wants to stay in this division, um, 
there's a lot of fights you could take really uh you could fight a sun Sao, san hagen you could fight Mar uh, marais again there's a lot of fights you could have man so it's up to him but i think that weight cut so the weight cut's too rough right uh probably but yeah i mean and the, you, you can't do this like it doesn't really work this way but he sort of faded in the um, in the Holloway fights too. He started strong. Maybe he's just not a guy who's. Maybe he's just better suited for three round fights from from now on. It's possible, like the fight with uh, Stevens where he finished, and that was really impressive. McCano too. So maybe you're right. Maybe he's more of a guy who can finish people in three round fights. Um, I'm just looking at the rankings. Like Dominic Cruz, that'd be a fun fight. Legends, Cruz or something. Oh, that's great. Right? Yeah, I know. I'm looking at the rankings. Like, and Cruz is number twelve. He's a guy that uh, had a long layoff, came back, he got knocked out. But I think he would take that fight. I think it'd be a big fight for hardcore fans. Oh, it's a WT dream fight. Oh, dude, yeah. dude. Oh, dude, you're right. Yeah. No, that's going to happen. That's the fight. Jose Aldo against Dominic Cruz. That's the fight. All right. Let's get to the next fight here. Uh, pretty competitive fight here. Roseanne Yunus against Jessica Andrade. I was actually at the last fight, Steve. I was in Brazil for that. So I saw the slam, the knockout, crazy finish. This time around, much closer fight, obviously. And then we used to let, she edges it out this time. She gets a split decision. Uh, Competitive fight. I think that the judges got right. I would have given it to Damon Yunus. Uh, I thought she won the first and second rounds. Third round clear on Andrade. To me, it was actually a really easy fight to score. I don't think it was a hard fight to score. What did you? Well, how did you score it? I just uh, just we just recorded our uh, our radio show, and I said that this is the easiest fight on earth to score. First yeah, round for Rose and uh, last round for Andrade. And if you scored it differently, you shouldn't be doing this. I want data. A professional judge scored that first round for Andrade. I don't see how. Having said that, you know, watching it, I was like, this fight's close enough where, like, who knows, right? It wasn't like a blowout by any means, but I think it was pretty clear in Rose's favor. I, I had I had scored yeah. for her. Uh, definitely, I think this sets up a big fight against Willie Zhang next for Rose. I mean, you know, she gets that title shot, but I don't see that fight going well for Rose at all, man. I think Willie Zhang probably finishes Rose uh, based on what we saw in this fight, Steve. She took a lot of damage in that third round. I think Willie Zhang probably finishes it, in, maybe in the first round. What do you think? It's exactly the same. Said the oh, exact yeah, same thing. Yeah. She, she deserves it. She deserves the shots. Rose is great. I'd love to see it. Um, I wouldn't favor her, but would love to see it. What I do want to see is Jessica Andrade pop up and fight uh, Valentina Shevchenko. It is the only fight I care about for Valentina right now. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be a fun fight, man. I was thinking about that fight the other day. Actually, I was playing in the UFC game, and I did the matchup, the dream matchup. It's fun. I mean, it's, it is a good fight. I, I think Zhang could use a few more title defenses, though. I think she can still build her name up, but yeah, I think... You know, she goes on there beat, beats Rose. There's also Tatiana Suarez. No one talks about her because of her long layoff, but uh, she's a very good fighter. I think she'll probably take a fight there when she comes back. I don't think it'd be smart to go in a title fight uh, for Tatiana. By the way, there's some rumors that Joanna Janjacek's going to retire. I don't know if she has already or she's thinking about it, but there's uh, she posted some like hashtags that said like 33 retired or something. So, hey, man, if she retires after that fight with Jang, what a way to go out. One of the best she fights of the time. Go ahead. If she, if she retires, would she be the first uh, high-level UFC fighter to retire young? <laughs> no, I, think her, I mean, GSP, the first time he retired was pretty young, wasn't he? Like 30 no, I guess other than GSP, right? But, but even, GS, even GSP came back. I said when he lost to Hendricks, even though he actually won that fight. <laughs> I didn't think so. Yeah. That. Um, but yeah, I mean, Rose, yeah, I think that's what's actually hard. Rod two straight losses, but you know, clearly still one of the best in the world in this division. So you're know, looking at again the rankings, some fighters that she. Can oh, fight. oh, sorry, I, 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 th I think, um, I think maybe I wasn't clear there. It's uh, in Raj. I want to see fight Valentina Shevchenko. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I thought, I thought you meant uh, Rose. Or I, sorry, Zhang. I don't know. I thought the Zhang fight. Yeah, no, which, which also makes sense. <laughs> yeah, sorry, because Dana White's been talking about that. My bad, Steve. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it would be a fun fight too, though, for sure. I, I just, 
is she gonna move off and wait? I don't I don't think so, right? Like at this point. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens in that division. Okay, last fight of the main card. <laughs> the Joe Silva special. That's what everyone's calling it. Because uh, <laughs> a prospect that you were really high on in Amanda Rebus, and you have a fighter who's on the last fight review who's comp- complaining publicly all the time about her pay. And Paige Van Zandt just wanted to lose. She was a massive underdog, and she got smoked. I thought she was going to be more competitive. I'm not going to lie. I thought she could hang in there for three rounds. She did not look good, man. Uh, she lost the fight in the first round by submission. Great win for Rebus, though. I mean, obviously, she could be a star for the UFC in Brazil. I think she's got star potential, man. I really do. Great fighter and also great interviews. But you guys all want Paige because everyone wants to hear about her. I got Chris Ludford here in the chat. What's going on, man? Paige Van Zandt really ball to her. I think so. What do you think? I would have said though so, uh would have 100 percent said so pre-pandemic um th- i mean she very well, well may but am, am i incorrect that bellator is not getting like d- they're not getting money from the zone right now they're not currently on tv i guess they will be within a month i don't know what their schedule is going to be like like will bellator have the same checkbook they had six months ago that's a great question they were like really spending money lavishly signing like guys like rory mcdonald and rampage fader like big name fighters older guys but kind of names, I guess, in the sport. And that was their, I guess that was their plan, just to put on old school big name fighters on free TV. And and then they started the DAZN thing. I don't think that worked out very well. I believe that deal could be ending very soon. Don't think DAZN's too interested. Uh, I don't know. And Bellator, yeah, definitely their money situation is interesting. They're supposed to begin fights again on July 24th, Steve. So that's the plan. I do think she'll go there, though. Her husband, Austin Vanderford, is one of their top prospects at middleweights. And, uh, I think that Scott Coker will get a deal on with, with uh, Paige Van Zandt. It doesn't sound like UFC's interested. The other option for Paige, I think, is one championship. I think that'd be a good one for her. Uh, Misha Tate, I, I think, is very high on Paige Van Zandt. Paige, I don't think, is a terrible fighter. I really don't think she's as bad as people think. She's not great. But at one point in time, I believe she was like a top 15 fighter in that division. So She was a top 15 strawweight, and she was uh, top 15 uh, flyweight as well. She had I mean, a, it was, there was only like 16 flyweights, but she yeah. was a ranked flyweight. <laughs> I mean, that's a good point. But yeah, she had a few good wins. But yeah, overall, overall, her career in the UFC was disappointing. When she first came in for Invicta, there was a lot of hype on Paige Van Zandt. A lot of people said it's a future champion. Never show up to the hype. It is what it is. A tough sport, man. The sport evolved, and Paige didn't get it better enough, uh, good enough. She can still be fighters like Rachel Ostevich, but she can't be fighters like Amanda Rivas. No. But yeah, I uh, think... Go ahead. She, she, yeah, like like Paige is in the thing where like she's not as good as they want as the UFC wanted her to be, but she's not as bad as like everyone who makes fun of her says. She's <laughs> she's 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 an an exciting okay fighter who can't beat Amanda Hebus. Like that's it, right? Yeah. No, she's she's okay, but I think she could do well in Belter. I think they could potentially, you know, have her maybe fight one fifteen, but if not 125, a fight with McFarlane is a big fight for Bellator. That's the fight. That's yeah, it's a big fight. I that, think that would that would be worth it if, if they're willing to shell out whatever. Because I don't think he would come cheap. You yeah. know, like relatively cheap. Um, that's your fight. Get get her into a fight with uh, with McFarlane. Yeah, I watch it. And here we got Chris saying Bellator is owned by Viacom. They have lots of money. CBS Sports uh, is Bellator will continue to operate. Yeah, they do have money for sure, but. The global pandemic changed the world, man. So exactly, yeah, that's it. Like, yeah, your parent company company has all of that money, but eventually, it's like, okay, well, you know, here, here's how much money we're going to give you to sign fighters. Maybe Paige Van Zant isn't someone you make an exception to go over budget on. 
Yeah, but again, she'll find a promotion. Like at worst, oh, yeah. she won't. The- Bellator or someone else. I mean, she could still resign with the UFC. I doubt it because it didn't sound like Dana White's too interested. He basically said, "I think she should test free agency." So, who knows? Well, maybe if she doesn't get the off she wants, she ends up coming back to the UFC. It's possible, right? Here's uh, what her says: five fights for Paige. He's a big Paige mm-hmm. fan, which is great. I think she's not that bad of a fighter, honestly. Uh, he says Larkin Dash, Heather Hardy, Valerie Lareda. That's an interesting fight. Christina Williams and Lara Alejandra. Yeah, all those fights make sense. Um, the Valerie Lareda fight, that's an interesting fight because Valerie Lareda is kind of like Paige Ransom a little bit. So a lot of people just think she's kind of like one of these Instagram models, but she does have, uh, I think, one or two fights on Bellator. I'm not completely sold on her as like this star fighter by any means, but she's super marketable, obviously. And so is Paige. So that's a that's an interesting fight, Chris, for sure. Again, I think I yeah, think all, all of those fights, all of those fights, Bellator can 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 promote. That's yeah. that's a that's a really good list, actually. Yeah, I know it is actually. Yeah, Chris, this guy's the Bellator guy right here. Uh, oh, sorry, yeah, he says uh, Tatiana Suarez still has vertigo symptoms. Yeah, so she'll move. And again, when she does come back, she'll take another fight. She won't be fighting for the belt against uh, Wheelie Zhang. That'd be a terrible idea. Scott Cooper said 100k show and win is a deal they're interested in for Paige. I mean, if she gets that much, she should take it. That's a really good deal for her, I think. I'm not saying she doesn't deserve it because she does bring eyeballs, but I don't know. They'll give her 100 and 100. She should take it. Yeah, I feel like she overrates her value. But I don't know if it's her or her like, team that's been telling her, like, hey, you're worth all this money because of your Instagram. But MMA is a different thing. Like, if the UFC, UFC would not give her that much money. I, I, I think she said she was on, what did she say, 38 and 38? Is that what she said? Or something, 48 and 48? She said something recently. That might be it. might be 48 48. So, like, that's double what she wants, which is, I guess, honestly, I, I hope all fighters get paid more money. I just, you've got to wonder about the financials of Belter right now. Yeah, he says UFC gave, yeah, I think he said 30, I think that's what she said, something like that. So, all right, let's get to the next fight here. Uh, man, uh, wow. Like, this was one of the best knockouts. I mean, it was the best knockouts. There was two really good ones. This one was great. Yuri Prajatska had an amazing UFC debut, knocking out Volkan using in the second round. This guy, well, what a fun fight, by the way. A lot of fun to watch. These guys were nuts, trading crazy shots. I definitely have some concerns about this guy's striking defense going forward, but there's no doubt this dude is a heavy hitter with big KO power. Steve, this guy was impressive, man. Oh, yeah. I was excited to see him come in. Um, It was exactly what I like. It was exciting enough of a fight, a big win over, over a former title contender and a really good guy. Um, you have to think he's going to be a top 10 ranked fighter already in his debut. I'm thinking of great fights I want to see him in already. Like, um, and didn't he call out, um, did he call out Johnny Walker? I don't know. Uh, that'd be an interesting fight, but I think he, he could get bigger fights, don't you think? He'd just be Vulcan. Yeah, that, that's, my, that's my thing, is, is that I, I had heard that he was interested in fighting Johnny Walker, and I'm like, whoa, don't take that step back. As much fun as that fight would be, no. You know, take the the Vulcan Ozdemir run. Try and get a title shot after three fights. You, you should be calling out Corey Anderson, yeah. you know, yeah. and then yeah. Santos after that, you know? Yeah. Anthony Smith. I agree completely. I mean, you look at, again, the rankings. Uh, Walker's 12, and he's coming off, I believe, that uh, two back-to-back losses, actually, with Krylov and the Corey Anderson fight. That's uh, they, The UFC needs to rebuild him. He could be a star still in, for Brazil, but they got to build him up slowly. I think you give a, I, I think maybe you give him – Shogun or something like a Shogun's fighting little, someone like that, like beatable. Um, Usman is ranked number seven, so this is a huge win for Yuri. He'll be ranked number seven now, probably. Looking at the rankings again, John Jones, champion right now, he is kind of active. We don't really know what's going to go on with him. He's in a contract holdout situation. It depends what happens with John Jones as to how they match make the rest of the division. 
if John Jones returns, he'll fight either Yan Blagovitz or he'll fight Dominic Reyes again. That that's the only two fights that make sense for Jones. If Jones says, you know what, I'm taking vacating the belt and the UFC does an interim or a vacant title fight, or if they do an interim title fight, they might just do that too. They could still keep John with the belt and do interim. But I think you do probably Yan versus Reyes at that point. You already have uh Tiago Santos against Glover Teixeira happening. So there's a few other fights happening. Corey Anderson, though, is is available. He's ranked number four right now. That's the guy that yeah, you're targeting. Yeah, because he's ranked number four. He's very chinny. I, I would probably pick Yuri against him. Or he does have good uh, wrestling, but his chin is not, I don't think, able to handle a guy like Yuri. And if Yuri goes in there and beats a number eight rank, a four-ranked guy, you could even you're give him the title shower, give him one more. So he's in a great spot. Is there a Vulcan? Why not Volcan against Johnny Walker? That's a fun fight. I would love to see that fight. That'd be a fun fight. Someone's probably knocked out again, but you know it is what it is. But yeah, I mean the ferocity of this knockout was awesome to watch. Uh, next fight, Muslim Salikov defeat Salikov defeats Elijah Zaleski Santos. Split decision: 28-29, How'd you score this one, by the way? I gave it to um, to Dos Santos. Uh, I, I, I want to say two rounds. I, I can't remember the rounds exactly. Uh, as I said, this is about the points from here and prior that uh, the new baby was keeping me distracted. Yeah, no but, worries. Uh, I, again these I, I, felt, I felt Zaleski Dos Santos had, had at least a couple of rounds. Yeah, I thought he probably won the fight, but I did, I did pick Salkov. So I was like, all right, I'll take a, a free almost. Uh, close fight. I mean, it wasn't the, as good as I thought it'd be. There was some spinning shit thrown, as Nick Diaz would say, but... Uh, Overall, just an, I think, an average fight. Not as good as I think uh, some of us thought it would be. Uh, Macron and Mercani had a great performance, tapping out Danny Henry and Anna Kondrachuk. Yeah, really impressive as well. I don't know if he's ranked in the top 15 anymore. I believe he was at one point, right? He must have been in the bottom here, right? He had some good wins in a row. Uh, who, Danny Henry? Uh, Macron. Oh, Macron? Uh, yeah. Uh, what was his uh, let me tell you. He had to have a better win than Andy Ogle. He had four straight wins. Uh, yeah, he beat Mike Wilkinson. Um, I don't know if that's a great win, but uh, maybe he was a man. Just, or Jason Knight was his, big, I guess, best win on paper. I don't know. Anyways, I think this was a good performance by him for sure, so I was impressed. And then uh, the last fight in the middle part of the card, the prelims here, uh, Leonardo Santos against Roman Bogotov. See, this fight was weird. Did you see this? Yeah. This was the weirdest fight I've ever seen. Uh, super weird. It took forever to finish this fight. This fight must have been like half an hour long. It, it, a three-hour fight that lasted half an hour. Multiple groin shots. So many fouls. So many fouls. Um, illegal knee in the third round after numerous groin shots. Where Mark Goddard, Mark Goddard's a pretty good ref. I don't think he's maybe the best ref like some people think, but I think he's obviously a world-class ref. How do you not take a point away like for the for the groin shots? Because there was like three or four of them, Steve. Like you can't just keep warning guys. Like it's all the rules. I was at a Leonardo Santos fight in uh, Natal, Brazil, yeah. and there was a point deduction for a shorts grab. Think about that. Which fight Just was a that? shorts grab. Which fight was that? That was uh, the, the Norman Park fight. Oh, the draw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were at that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That was and a great. It's like okay, okay. Look, so like if 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 there's points being deducted for a shorts grab, multiple like multiple kicks to the groin and all this, like oh, it was terrible. Just terrible. It was an awful fight to watch, honestly, as a fan. It was terrible to watch. <laughs> Bogusov made it interesting in the third round. Once he freaking – He did, yeah. Once he kicked uh, Santos in the balls a bunch of times and then hit, beat him in the head. Santos is a tough guy, man. Come on. Like, a lot of people would have quit after those groin shots. He took one of them – he took the full five minutes, which I think more guys should probably do because, you know, might as well 
recover, but that illegal knee was brutal. It got oh, two just, points, just awful. Two points, a rare two points. It doesn't happen that often, but I think in this case, 100% justified. Yeah, Bogota, you know, this is a guy that potentially you could cut after this fight. I, I think maybe this is not the kind of guy you want in the UFC. I don't know if he's that great, man. Like, I, they've cut guys like this. They've made really bad you know, fouls and errors and fights, and it wasn't a fun fight to watch. Maybe get one more fight. Because, again, there's no way he gets another chance. But uh, Santos is the guy really people should talk about here because at 40 years old, Steven, this is why I didn't think he was going to win this fight. And it was a close fight up until that foul. But you know what? This guy is 7-0-1 now in the UFC. He's undefeated. He hasn't lost in 11 years. He should be fighting a top 15 guy. He's a knockout over Kevin Lee. No one talks about this guy, man. No. And as I said, I mean, he was a little more on my radar just because I happened to cover one of his early fights. And right. I, like, I'm always like, what about this guy? What about this guy? And he shows up once every year or two. And like, think about a guy with that resume. Yeah. Kevin Lee, a win over Kevin Lee, all these other guys. And he's fighting on the prelims against debuting fighters. But what can you do if you're not around to build on this momentum? How can you give him anyone more important than that? Fights like once a year, man. Fights like once every two years, you know? So it'd be nice to see him stay busy this year. I'm sure he'll have to take some time off after those groin shots, but hopefully he's back <laughs> in the cage at some point. I mean, a top 15 guy, you look at the lightweight division. Um, I can't remember who Benil Darius is fighting. Oh, he's fighting Scott Holtzman. I, see, I think that uh, maybe the winner of that fight he'd do or something, um, Drew Dober, something like that in, that in that class of the bottom 15. But really, you know, Kevin Lee's ranked number nine. This is the guy that knocked him out. No one even talks about that knockout anymore, you know, because he lost no. all the momentum. He lost so much momentum. But uh, definitely, Steve, with a 7-0-1 record, time to get my ranked opponent. He deserves it, man. He really does. 40 years old, too. Well, he's running out of time. He's, what, 40 years old? He's got to make a run now, man. All right, it's got yeah. some questions from Chris. Should Mazadol fight Colby next or you know, Edwards? Both those fights. I didn't even, we didn't even mention those fights. Uh, they're both fine. Again, I think he's going to take some time off, but if he wants to get back in there quick, Covington makes a lot of sense. Like, don't you think? Steve. Sorry, what's that? Covington versus, uh, versus Basil. Yeah, I, I mean, that's that's a great fight, too. I don't know if you could do it for the BMF title, but I'm all for retiring it anyway. So, uh, yeah, Covington versus Basil sounds great to me. Yeah. All right, let's get to uh, the last couple of prelims here. Uh, last four fights. Marcin we'll get to them quick. Marcin Tabura defeats Max Grissom. Really boring fight, just basically held him down. He had a huge weight advantage. Christian didn't look in this fight at all. Riley and Paiva wins a unanimous decision. I don't agree with that decision. <laughs> you don't agree either? or No, it's not. I, uh, I don't know. I, to, be on, to be honest, I wasn't watching it closely enough oh, to, really, to really have a take on it, but it, just, you know, it was a weird fight. Yeah, it was a really weird fight. Again, a lot of nut shots, man. That poor guy. Yeah. Here's the thing about that fight. The judges scored the first round uh, for Paiva, second round for Zuma Gulov. Third round, I thought Zuma Gulov won. Almost everyone thought he won. Like, you look at MMA decisions, like most uh, media members thought that he won. Third round was interesting. There was numerous groin shots. Somehow, they all gave it to Paiva. Like, he basically was rewarded yeah. for hurting the guy in the groin. At worst, yep. it could have been a draw because definitely a point should have been taken away, but it's it's almost like he cheated and won this fight. It's incredible, man, that the, the judges screwed over Zuma Gulov. I would consider this a near robbery, personally. I think this was a terrible decision, personally. Uh, next fight, Carol Rosa against Vanessa Mello. Basically, just held her down for three rounds. Yep. And also, she some good stuff on the feet, too. She's actually a pretty impressive prospect. I'm curious to see what it takes for Carol Rosa. And the last fight here on the card, Steve, this was actually a really good fight. Davey Grant against Martin Daly. Davey Grant 
did it with a broken jaw. I think he broke his jaw in the first round. He got dropped hard in the first round by Dave, but mostly controlled the fights. I thought Dave Grant looked really good in this fight. I did pick him in this fight. He was an underdog. I don't know why he was the underdog. He's so much experience now in the UFC. Uh, great win for him, man. That third round knockout wins a bonus. Life-changing bonus for this guy, man. Because he, he's not a low-ranking guy. He needed this money, dude. He was, he was actually one of the rare guys where he's like, Dana, please give me the 50K, and they actually gave it to him. But I think breaking your jaw and coming back to win, come on. The guy deserved it, right? Oh, I'm sure you can use it. So that, that, that's great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Just a few more questions. He won't get out of here. Chris says, you know, answer all going to fight in 20 or 21. She's ranking, yeah, she's ranked high because she's Claudia. And, um, man, she uh, is pregnant right now. She probably should be taking all the rankings. I don't even know if she'll yeah, fight. Yeah, she, she, they should probably take her out because I don't think, I, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not personally close with Nina Azura, but uh, I imagine she won't be fighting for a while. Um, it just shows how, you know, how some of these divisions, though, like a win over Claudia Goodell, like keeps her ranked really highly, but there's just, I don't know, she's not going to fight, just take her out. Yeah, I agree. Just a few other ones here that he says. Uh, sure. For Volk, we were talking about that. We think Zombie or Zabit or yeah, you're I guess any of those guys. And uh, yeah, I think that I think that's good, Steve. I think we'll, we'll get out of here, man. Dude, right. appreciate it, man. That was fun. You know, get yeah, uh, yeah. on here talk about really uh, interesting card. Again, I don't think we live up to the hype, you know, but it wasn't a bad card. It was an okay card. But I'm looking. Well, for um, go ahead. Go ahead. Do, you, do do we feel like a fight island thing? Like this gimmick has legs for the next. Say, the rest I, of the am, I am looking forward to the next few cards. There's two this week, so I'm really looking forward to those two cards this week. And then there's one more uh, next week. It is a little gimmicky. I talked about this last week with Chisangam a lot there on the Friday show, but it's cool. I, I just think that they kind of pulled the wool over a lot of people's eyes because of all the promotion about the octagon on the beach. It confused a lot of people. Like there's a lot of dumb people, unfortunately, and they all thought that was what was going to be the case. But if you heard what Dina said, we all knew it was going to be inside an arena. It's just that they kept showing that picture of Doctor on the beach, Stephen. I think at some point they need to try that. I think it'd be a lot of fun. I don't know if it's possible. Too hot, obviously. But overall, I think the gimmick's fine. I think it's something they probably do every summer going forward. Um, but I just don't know if this card, like a lot of people order this card, and I think we're expecting a better fight than the main event. Yeah, I, I think so too. People are really amped for that Masvidal fight, and it's just it's just not what it's not what. Jorge Masvidal guys wanted to see, you know? Yeah. All right, Steve, tell people where they can find you, man. Plug anything you want coming up. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, so pretty much the only uh, – I guess I'm on Twitter, at Steve Jeffrey, uh, J-E-F-F-E-R-Y. Um, I'm not on there that much, but uh, you can find me on there. And uh, I'm mostly just talking to Adam. And um, – oh, yeah, and I just put up a new episode of my podcast podcast uh the hammer mma radio uh, episode 507 i just put up a couple hours ago and that's at the hammer mma.com yeah these guys have been doing their podcast forever and i think steven has given himself another credit guys like yeah. the guy who's been you've been at so many events steve covering them in person for a long time dude like you're more uh, i think important in this business than you believe you are but uh either way i'm really glad you came on the show today man i really appreciate it so for me guys you can follow me on twitter at mmata martin and i'm available obviously at maosbreaker.com gbpen.com mma rings on that it's gonna be a pissy week for sure That'd be a crazy week. Uh, podcast, I want to do the recap tonight, just to get out of the way and get Steve on. On Tuesday at 10 a.m., I'll be breaking down UFC fight night, Dan Ige against Calvin Cater. or will break down every fight that card. 10 a.m. on Tuesday. And then on Thursday, we'll recap that card and then break down UFC uh, fight night, Davison Figueredo against Jose Benavides too. I just saw that uh, Davison's actually going to head to uh, Abu Dhabi. So it looks like his COVID test has cleared up, which is good. 
got some issues there. But overall, I'm looking forward to this week. It's going to be a crazy week, but definitely tune into the podcast, guys. Steve, once again, thanks. And thanks to everyone who sent in a question. I'll be back Tuesday morning, 10 a.m. right here. Guys, have a great day, and I uh, hope you enjoy your evening. Bye.